Amen, amen. I love those words, and the truth shall set you free. Uh, good morning, everyone. I am Pastor Ricky Ayala, and I welcome you on this beautiful morning as we continue on with the uh, sermon study of our spiritual growth campaign titled Jesus Among Secular Gods by Ravi Zacharias and Vince Vitale. Now, last week when we began this series, and it was encouraging to us to know that we need to be prepared to share, to defend the faith against the attacks of unbelievers. Now, today's uh, sermon title is as Science Screams of God. And the two topics that we're going to be a little bit of uh, going into is atheism as well as scientism. Now, atheism is the idea that there is no God, while scientism is the idea that science uh, explains everything. I'm going to ask you to please turn your Bibles to the letter of Romans chapter 1. I'll be reading from verses 18 through 20. Now, if you have your own devices, you can go to our YouVersion app, uh, go to Events, and then select New Hanover UMC. As you're doing so, I want to uh, give a little brief, brief history about who Paul was, for those of you uh, who don't know uh, the author of this um, uh, letter. Now, Paul was an educated individual. If you didn't know, he was a Pharisee. Uh, he was an intelligent person who spoke on more than one language, and God utilized him heavily. Now, uh, he was not a fisherman like Peter or some of the other disciples that Jesus selected while he was in the ministry, but not to take away anything that the fishermen did, but usually there are people who are looking for more of those individuals who are, uh, I guess, intellectual or more that can speak in higher words or better words and educated uh, words. So instead of um, people saying, oh, you're just a fisherman, what do you know? God utilized Paul in mighty ways that he, did not, was, he wasn't able to do with the fishermen. And it's so awesome that God can utilize people wherever they are as we give him honor and glory, utilizing all that we have to give, again, to share with others well, the love of Christ. So God gave Paul the ability to share the good news of Jesus Christ with both Jews and Gentiles. In his ministry, most people listened to what, we, what he had to say or what he wrote. And speaking about writing, you know, in the New Testament where there's 27 books, uh, uh, 21 of them are referred to as epistles or letters. And Paul wrote 14 of them, including Romans. So that's where we find ourselves in the book of Romans, chapter 1. I'll be reading from verses 18 through 20. The Bible says this, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Let me just pause for a word of prayer before, before continuing on. Loving God, we are so thankful that you allow us to be in this place. We come to the moment of the service that we get to hear your word. Lord, let's have our ears open and, and be attentive to your word. Even the still, small voice that will uh, really bring into our lives and allowing us to apply what we hear. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So based on this verse 19, when the Bible is saying you know, that they know the truth about God, because it is obvious, he makes it obvious to them, God reveals himself to us. God reveals himself to us in different ways, not only just one way or another. He may reveal himself to you in a different way that he revealed himself to me. But it's, the thing is, the most important part is that God reveals himself to us, those who are, you know, he created. So what happens if someone is going to critique you because of what you believe? Shouldn't they be able to provide you with a better uh, alternative, a better idea, or better, you know, a way of doing things? It should lead to constructive criticism, not destructive criticism. Vince Vitale is recorded saying that criticism without an alternative is empty. He utilized the example of the book that he wrote with uh, Ravi Zacharias of Jesus Among Secular Gods. He mentioned what happens if someone came to him and says, your book is no good. Well, he will respond saying, well, is there something better? What's the alternative to what this book is, is being put out there? What's the alternative? And what happens is the, uh, the atheism, uh, when they say that there is no God, they don't provide an alternative. The atheist worldview critiques without offering, an al- uh, without offering any alternatives. When an atheist says that there is no God, they have numerous proofs that they have to come up with. They have to prove that life is purposeful. They have to prove that life is meaningful. When atheists say that there is no God, they are suppressing the truth as based on verse uh, 18. And then on 19, when Paul wrote, they know the truth. I think about Jesus and his words from the gospel book of John 14, verse 6, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come to the Father except through me. This is Jesus speaking. So it's not that that he was teaching about truth. Jesus was and is the truth. Since he is the truth, that's what you will get when you ask questions. He will provide you with an answer, the truth. And what happens is when you receive the truth, it may not line up to what you thought the answer was going to be. So people get disappointed, discouraged, you know, despondent, you know, they get depressed or stressed because the answer to their question was not what they thought it was going to be. But one thing for sure is that God wants us to ask questions. We learned last week in order to be prepared to share and defend your faith, you get to know God by asking questions. It is not based that uh, your question that you doubt but that you're trying to make your defense stronger when you are answering against the attacks of unbelievers. Ravi Zacharias says, With God, I can answer numerous questions. Without God, most fundamental questions are unanswerable. A few weeks ago, someone gave me this, and I apologize, you know, if you're here in this church, in, in this service, But someone gave me an atheist view of life. And so the wording, it says, atheist view of life, you you read from the top down. 
And then the same wording, different perspective, is from the bottom up is a Christian view. And I want to have the opportunity here to share it with you. Again, this is beginning with an atheist view of life. I will live my life according to these beliefs. God does not exist. It is just foolish to think that there is a God with a cosmic plan. That an all-powerful God brings redemption. And healing the pain and suffering in the world is a comforting thought. However, it is only wishful thinking. People can do as they please without eternal consequences. The idea that I am deserving of hell because of sin is a lie meant to make me a slave to those in power. The more you have, the happier you'll be. Our existence has no good meaning or purpose in a world without God. There is freedom to be what I want to be. Without, but with God, everything is fine. It is ridiculous to think I am lost and in need of saving. Now, from the bottom up, the Christian view of life. I am lost and in need of saving. It is ridiculous to think that everything is fine, but with God there is freedom to be what I want to be. In a world without God, our existence has no good meaning or purpose. The more you have, the happier you'll be, is a lie meant to make me a slave to those in power. Because of sin, I am deserving of hell. The idea that people can do as they please without eternal consequences is only wishful thinking. It is a comforting thought, however, in the healing, the pain, and suffering in the world that an all-powerful God brings redemption, that there is a God with a cosmic plan It is just foolish to think God does not exist. I live my life according to these beliefs. Isn't that something? Amen. The view. From an atheist view to the Christian view, same wording as the way that they live their life. God reveals himself to us. Now, again, going back in the scripture of the Romans, Chapter 20, excuse me, verse 20, it says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So creation demonstrates who God truly is. I shared earlier in the very beginning that scientism is the idea that science explains everything. But through everything that God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. Robbie says, invisible realities that do not yield to scientific inquiry have generally been dismissed by the realm of possibility. Consequently, we have suffered a loss in a sense of sacredness in life. God has no place in the assumptions of scientific rationalism. You see, ladies and gentlemen, because we can see the sky, we can look at the mountains, we can see the nature trails, we can look at the stars, and we try to figure out what's the Orion's belt and a couple other things that people have identified. 
Verse, uh, on Psalm 19, verse 1, the Bible says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. You see, this could not have come by mistake. How can we look at all things around us and say that there is no God? As if you had anything to do with the creations of the heavens and the earth. There had to be a creator. How can we believe? By faith. Hebrews 11.3. The Bible says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. For that we now, for what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And I'll be reading from Psalm 8, verses 1 through 3. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Let me pause there for a moment. Anytime I read this kind of a, uh, like the psalm, I remember the song that says, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You probably don't know that one, huh? That's all right. That's <laughs> all I don't know, when I'm reading the Bible, especially preparing for sermons, I just, I, I forget that I'm reading because I'm, I'm in song. I'm, I'm thinking about songs and it's just, I, oh wait, where, where was I at? Oh yeah, all right. So, oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You, you have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. You see, science is not only compatible with the existence of God, but it actually points to the existence of God. Science allows us to examine what God has created And it's okay to examine. When you look at the night skies and you look at the stars and you look at, you know, trying to figure out what planets or things, you can only see little specks sometimes, but how big they are. Recently, they were saying about one of the things that they're taking images out in the galaxies out there. Here is an image of Jupiter. Look at the colors, ladies and gentlemen. That's a different view. You may not see it, you know, just with your regular eyes. You may have to get something, some type of special machine, but I'm glad that they were able to create a device that allows to take pictures and images to show us. Did we have anything to do with that creation? So here's what happens is that science, uh, and God wants us to examine what he has created, but the danger lies when we are saying we're taking the credit for the creator. Have you heard people saying, look what I did? God wants us to examine what he has created. He wants us to enjoy, and and, and in the midst of the busyness of life, 
when we're so crammed with, you know, schedules and what to do here and there, and the sports schedules are going from one place to another, and if you have two or three children, oh my goodness, and they're all playing in different sports or in different leagues or at different age brackets, and you are just running around. In the midst of busyness, ladies and gentlemen, can we take a moment to just look at the creation that points to the Creator? There are individuals who do not have conversations with God. Ravi Zacharias says that without God, excuse me, that without God you set yourself to be the determiner of your own destiny. On verse 20 of that Roman scripture, the Bible is saying, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. We have no excuse, ladies and gentlemen, but to believe. We look at the things around us. God reveals himself to us. Why do we question his existence? We can ask questions. I love to be able to write a book one day that says, questioning without questioning. That you have an opportunity to ask questions, to examine things but don't take credit for it. Anyone says, you know, how do you do this? Oh, only by the knowledge and, and, and the, the grace that God gives me, I was able to get to this answer. I was able to create this or that. We're only here for just a little moment in our lives. When atheism says that there is no God, that there is no eternal consequence, how can we answer that question? When they say that this, you know, uh, the H2O is what makes the water and the two, what is it, two hydrogens, one oxygen, I'm thinking, my goodness, you know, they go through all the scientific stuff. And if I didn't say that correctly, it's okay, I didn't do well in science either, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's important for us to examine things and what can hurt us, what can benefit us but not to dismiss the creator. So here's what I want you to do. I'm excited that you are able to uh, do this type of study in your life groups uh, this week and you talk about atheism and scientism. If you could memorize Psalm 19, verse 1, where it says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The sky displays his craftsmanship. And here's a way that you can connect with God this week. In the evenings, at nighttime, look at the sky. In the daytime, as you look at the mountains or the nature trails, the stars, things that point, the creation points to the creator. In the same way that we only see a spot out in the skies, and wondering what it is. Can you imagine the view in the opposite direction where God is looking at us, that we may feel that we're just a speck, and that we get an opportunity to know this awesome, wonderful God that created us, 
created the heavens and the earth? What a great opportunity to ask those questions. God, and find meaning and find purpose in your life. Take the time to do so. And if you could, take a picture. Sunset, sunrise. Someone took a picture of the, uh, 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 someone's, like, lose the moon that was, uh, seemed like it was smiling up in the sky. And they took a picture last night after the sermon, and they tagged me on, uh, on Facebook and said, hey, Pastor Ricky, check this out, you know. Take a moment this week and just realize in the midst of your, your schedule this week, say, oh, yeah, let me go outside. Let me check this out. Let creation point to the creator and recognize, humble yourself to know that we had nothing to do with it. One thing we have to realize is that neither atheism or scientism has an answer for where creation came from. Let us pray. We're so thankful, God, that you have allowed us again to be in this place and to receive of your word today. We're thankful for your love and grace, and we're thankful that we're able to remember, you know, remind us through your word that you are the creator. We are the created. And how we'll give you, we're able to give you honor and glory for what we're doing, Lord, but sometimes we are so busy that we neglect to even say thank you. We neglect to just be quiet in silence and just recognize how creation points to you, the creator. Continue to strengthen our faith. Continue to allow us to build on that knowledge by us asking questions and that you providing the truth in our lives. That our will may align with your will and that we can recognize, humble ourselves and say, God, I have nothing to do with this. I'm sorry for what I have made it. Bless my life. Bless my heart. Bless my mind, Lord. Be with us. Every day you give us is another day of opportunity to learn. We're so thankful that you allow us to be utilized by the precious and the power of the Holy Spirit to remind us of the truth, Jesus Christ. That we may not be the, you know, the intelligent, uh, educated in the theology or things, but how you are making a difference in our lives through our experiences. And let our experience and what we do point to you, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are in need of prayer, our lay pastors and Stephen ministers will be up front in our, uh, the altar area after the service here today. If you're in need of prayer, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and get to know him more, even if you still have questions, it's okay. And I pray that that's what you're getting out of this, that it's okay to ask questions, it's okay to examine. So as you head out today, remember in the midst of all your busyness, pause. As you look around, let creation point to the Creator. May the guidance of the precious Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you until we see each other again. And God's people will all say, Amen. Please stand for the closing song.